Welcome to Jumping Around, a steeplechase podcast from thisishorseracing.com, launched in April 2017. I'm Joe Clancy, and we'll bring you conversations with guests who take part in American jump racing. They will be owners, trainers, jockeys, race meet directors, historians, anyone we can convince to sit down for a few minutes and talk. The momentum for this podcast came from Charlie Fenwick. He's a former trainer and amateur rider. He's chairman of the Shawan Downs Races in Maryland. He listens to podcasts about racing, sports, politics, anything else that comes along. There's even a podcast about squash, he tells me, and he means the game, not the vegetable. Steeplechasing could use a podcast, he told me one day on the phone. I agree, and we'll see where it all goes and bring you stories that celebrate the horses and people and places of the sport. You can read more and find previous episodes at thisishorseracing.com, our online home, and the successor to our newspaper, Steeplechase Times, which published from 1994 through 2012. Jump jockey Sean McDermott rides for leading trainer Jack Fisher and recently won the Grade 1 Iroquois steeplechase aboard Scorpiancer. Sean led all jockeys and purses earned in 2016, and he's atop the leaderboard so far in 2017. He's from Ireland, rode on the flat, and over jumps there before trying American racing for the first time in 2013. We spent some time with him in late May talking horses, racing, health, fitness, airplanes, and a few other things. We're here with uh, jockey Sean McDermott, who rides first call for Jack Fisher Stable. He was the leading jockey last year by Purses One, and uh, he's right up there at the top again this year, coming off a nice win with uh, Scorpiancer in the Iroquois. And uh, welcome to the show, Sean. Uh, thanks very much. Great to be here. And we just mentioned him, but we'll start with Scorpiancer. That must have been a thrill getting him home in the Iroquois. Yeah, it was. Um, there are the days we ride for um, grade ones. Um, it was tough competition going in um he had a clean preparation and we were confident but quietly confident but um you can never be sure until the day and you know when everything falls into place it, it, it's a it's a magical day you know yeah and we all get to see him run but uh what kind of horse is he what's he like to be around and what's he like to ride in a race um he's a real gentleman um but his sire scorpion answer the or scorpion the tend to uh, have a trait in them. Um, they can be a little bit sharp in the mornings and it, it could be a sign of intelligence or whatever. Um, it doesn't really matter because he has an ability. But um, since he's come to the States and uh, with, in Jack Fisher's farm, it's kind of a, quite a relaxed place and there's a good routine for him. He gets his paddock time. He gets his rolling pins and uh, he does the same um, kind of a routine every morning and he, he stops at certain parts and we give him a little break and... Um, he really enjoys that, and you, you could put your watch by him t- by feeding time and everything. He he knows it's where he was wearing a watch, um, and it's just really helped him. And he's 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 uh, come on leaps and bounds, and I think he still might be improving. Hopefully, yeah, that part's kind of fun to see him improve. I mean, when he came over here, he was a sort of by our standards a mid-level handicap horse, and he's developed into a Grade One horse. And he he fires his good effort, his best effort every time. It sure seems like he does. Yeah, but let's not forget he um, he came from the Irish point to point fields. Um, I think Eugene O'Sullivan bought him from um, the Goffs Land Rover sale and uh, produced him to win a a point to point as a five year old. Now he won that day by ten lengths on heavy ground down in Cork, and point to points in Ireland are very competitive. Um, it's a big shop window, and um, he was subsequently sold at uh, I think it was the Cheltenham sale for two hundred thousand. Um, so. That, that's probably his best trip is three miles and he came over he went to England and he had below par efforts he did manage to win but he clearly mustn't have been the full of his health and um, I think the stable his weight were going through a little sickness at the time so it was a bit unfortunate but 
fortunate for us that we came across him and um his initial runs in in america were probably on tracks that are, are too hard and too fast for him and um he's still managed to win a few and um he's been improving the the further we go up in distance and every winter he gets under his belt and summer's grass he's, he's been improving so it's uh it's great to see yeah yeah definitely and um down at nashville new york you're taking on uh Dawalan coming back and like you said you had a clean prep do you think that having the race that he won at Middleburg helps him go three miles again you know another uh three weeks four weeks later yeah like he had to battle to win at Middleburg but it's quite a, a tight undulating track um especially the home straight there's a sharp sharp turning um and the horse that he just beat portrayed they are his types of tracks and he was winning around Ireland and he's quite tough to pass on them, especially left-handed tracks. Um, so it was a very good prep for him. You know, it, it hardened him up and just he came out of it like uh, a two-year-old the next morning, bucking and kicking. So he was, um, we were delighted, you know, going into Iroquois. And it, it definitely helps when you have a clean prep, you know, and a horse in form. It's, it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, definitely. And the Iroquois, he ended up winning easily, but I know it's not as easy as it looks. I mean, it, he uh, he had to deliver an effort to get it done, and uh, and he did. He delivered, you know, his best race and probably the toughest race he's he's running. Yeah, like um, there was plenty left in the tank because, like, it, we could have jumped it out and went slow or, or rode him off the pace and let others dictate it, and then it wouldn't be so easy, and you could get him beaten because. Um, Hinterland is a very high class horse and he's a horse I I've ridden over here. Um he had he was a quite a bleeding problem in, in England and thankfully the Lasix has um helped him overcome that here. But if he hadn't that problem in England, he, we probably never would have him in this country. And I knew he had he has so much speed, he could uh he could easily turn back on the flat here and, and they could have a lot of fun with him. Um so you, you really want to test those horses stanima and and that's that's what i set out to do and and Dalaman the same he was coming off a, a time off in his first run over hurdles of the season it, it's not easily done so uh i really wanted to put the sword to them and um you know it, it might have looked over at halfway but it was what he did in the first three quarters of the race that that uh counted in the end you know so. yeah definitely and uh and uh you got to get the whole three miles and yeah he he applied the pressure early on which then what you know when you are 10 lengths clear so coming to the last is that a good feeling you must, you must be like all right i got it yeah well rewind back a bit before that and and uh ross was in front of me and like i know ross for years and uh he gave a little twitch to change andy amu's leg and he i guess he was trying to not give away much to me and uh we quickened the stride down the back and i thought great this is what I want and um, I still at the inside and Andy Amu had enough you know it's just a credit to Scarpianza and I was left in, on my own a long way out uh, jumped the third last or the fourth last and he flicked one ear he flicked the other and he kind of looked at me and thought we're done and I, I had a look under my legs and I thought you can have a quick breather but we might have to go again you know and um, no it was a good feeling but it's just a matter of popping the last few home and uh Look, it's it, it happens all the time that horses are, are clear going to the last and, uh, you know, little accidents happen. You you can never know, you know, you just want to keep them on their feet like you'd any power at Cheltenham. And I didn't want to, 
a repeat of that, you know, that would that'd be hard to get over. So just yeah. pop the last and get home, and uh, yeah, very good feeling from the back of the last. You know, yeah, so. you got to jump them all, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, what's his life? Uh, what's he been doing since then? I imagine some turnout time and a lot of uh, rolling around and still some riding as well. Yeah, no, he's actually he's the the hind shoes off him, so he's, he'll get a little break now. Um, I'm not sure what his his long term plan was, whether he'll go back for Belmont or whether we'll wait for um the rest of the fall season but um yeah a little break he's like it, it was a hard race on him um and he, he had a tough race the day before so you know you, longevity is crucial in these horses career and um i think if you can run them four or five six times a year and, and win with them you know there's no need to go to the the fight every time and then burn your horse out you know he hopefully he'll still be there in a good few years to come at the top if, if jack can work his wonders yeah i mean exactly a horse at that level he only needs to run a few times and and if he can pull that off yeah you extend that career over you know over two three four five seasons which is fun i mean and it helps to see horses from a fan's perspective see horses come back year after year and have a chance and uh, we see that all the time where the, the horse becomes a favorite of the people watching the races which is cool um well i know you work for jack fisher and you've been here this is your third full season in america um, roughly second yeah no third, third i would yeah. say yeah yeah how did you end up coming here and um I, I know the background isn't always in races you did some show jumping and things like that early on yeah well uh, as a kid my dad always had horses at home so um he had a, a windows and doors business so he used to uh and he'd uh i suppose he'd a horsey bug he'd we always had show jumpers and i'm the youngest of six so um I guess he was looking at my older brothers thinking, right, they're going to grow out of the ponies. We better get this lad going. Um, so I initially had to buy me a donkey, actually, because I wasn't too fond <laughs> of getting up on the ponies. At, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that donkey was probably tougher than some of the ponies. But um, yeah, so I went up through the show jumping ranks. And my dad passed in when I was, I think, just 14 or 15. So um, I was kind of getting a bit bored of show jumping at that stage we done i used to do quite a lot of it um but the hanging around shows uh waiting for you know half the day for four or five of these ponies to jump yeah, i wasn't getting the kick out of it but there was a local trainer down the road called tom cooper so i used to sneak off down to him and ride out for him a bit so um and where, where was this in ireland this is in county kerry sort of southwest of ireland um beautiful part of the country mountains and sea and um so Tom, Tom kind of gave me my first, uh, I suppose, the first bite of the bug. And uh, I uh, finished up school and went up to the apprentice center in Kildare, uh, the Racing Academy Center of Education. And I'd done their yearly course there. And um, it was more so for me to get contacts because I didn't have many contacts in racing at the time. Um, yeah, you see, most people come up, you know, they're the son, grandson, whatever of a trainer. So to, I'm sure to find your way through it is a little tricky. Yeah, and especially County Kerry, where I am, it, it's it's kind of on the tip of the, you know, the bottom left corner of the country, and um, there's not a lot of racing community down there, so it's kind of more up towards the centre or up towards Kildare and the Curras, so um, that worked out well after race. I went to Michael Halford, learned a great deal there. Um, I thought I was too big to sign on as an apprentice with him, so... He, he's he's a very very good trainer um so i i moved on then to uh pat fahey um in county carlo and he was a, a juilliard and he gave me my um my first ride on the flat in 
I think it was September 1999, um, on a horse called Flamingo Fury at eight stone twelve, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. So and 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 Pat gave me um, a great opportunity, and uh, I think um, it was June of the following year, 2000. I rode my first winner on that same horse uh, at Wexford over hurdles, and. Um, yeah, for, for Eddie Donegan was the owner and um, yeah, very grateful for to them. I, I wrote a lot of winners for them after that then and even this past Christmas I uh, connected up with Pat Faye again to write a winner at home. So it's it's nice that they're they, we haven't forgotten each other, you know. So it's Yeah, great. everybody's I mean you gotta start somewhere and and everybody remembers those early on ones for sure. Flamingo Fury, is that right? Yeah, Flamingo Fury. Flamingo yeah, Fury, I he, like it. He was a wild little devil, but um yeah, he, he he got me my first winner and kept me on a high for a few days anyway. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what do you like about it? What do you like about being a jump jockey? Um, I I like everything about it. I like the the challenge. I suppose I like the the speed. Um, I like getting it right most of all. I like um doing something with a horse, especially if a a trainer might have a different opinion or something, and just getting it right. And and maybe if that horse wins on the day it's a great satisfaction you know be it a head or a lint you know and you think well if i did nine other things out of the ten i wouldn't have won you know it's, right. it's a good it's a good uh it's a good buzz and it's hard to replace you know so yeah every race is its own puzzle kind of thing and trying to sort out the very like anything can affect the next decision so exactly. it, there's a lot to it yeah yeah and uh, uh jump racing in ireland and uh in england you rode some there too is that yeah, no, I based in Ireland. Um, I was offered a good job, I suppose, in my early twenties in England, and I I went over for um, maybe two weeks or a week even, and I I just didn't I didn't like it. Um, you know, I, I things were going well in Ireland, and it's hard to leave. At that time, I thought it was going to really take off, and um, so I went back to Ireland. Um, yeah, the times I've been over in England and Scotland and places, uh, just with Irish horses going over to ride them. Um, be it Cheltenham Raintree or Perth or all these festivals. Um yeah, so it's good experience, you know. Um and it's brought me to Australia as well on the Irish jockeys team. So that, yeah, well. that was a great couple of weeks. Um you get to see a lot of the world and um yeah, it's it's great to promote it and hopefully there'll be a world series sometime. Yeah, exactly. And uh got a favorite Irish race course or Irish race? Um race course I I like Punchestown. Um, it's I wouldn't have ridden most of my winners there, but I just it's a, it's almost two miles around. The fences are very fair. Um, generally the best horse wins. Um, they're big fences, and there's there's also a a Banks course or a Steepleton course as you call it here. That's good fun to ride around there. You know, there's a lot of different obstacles, and um, yeah, I quite like Punchdown, and and I suppose my local track at home now is Killarney, so. They have a couple of festivals, like three and four day race race meetings a year, and um, yeah, there's a great atmosphere and a great great town as well during the races. So, those two, I guess. Yeah, I mean, in Irish racing, it's such a big, it's it's a, more of an industry than it is here. I mean, it's just a bigger deal when the jump races or the you know the three or four day meet is going on at a racetrack yeah. like that. It is, yeah, but um, that it's marketed a lot better in Ireland, and I think it's something. The NSA or America could take out of it. Um, they run each race course like a little business, and some will have golf courses in the center of the track, and others might have concerts and festivals like um, 
like Punchstown, for incident, for instance, would have had um held the Oxygen Music Festival. Like I went there and watched the Killers and Kings of Leon and all these. Like and that's generating like millions for these tracks and uh, or hundreds of thousands anyway. And um, also um like they'll have three day eventing at different tracks. You know things like that. It's um so and if you if you make it attractive and compete with other sports. Um, and put it in people's hands and put it in phone apps and you know you, you have to really get out there at the public it, it will grow here you know yeah. but, no and it's it's a testament that it's as popular as it is here when we show up to a town that isn't necessarily a racing town like nashville and there's thirty thousand people there you know and it is yeah. it's the big deal big deal event uh in the town that week and same thing at far hills and same thing at a few of our other places but it's uh it takes time and takes you know it takes money and uh thoughts and ways to make it happen but again it's kind of cool to see i love going to the bigger meets and when you go and see the reaction to these the popular meet and they see the people see the horses and see the action it's pretty cool yeah and the, and the people here you, you spoke of Eriquois. i was down there for a couple of days and we we got to the gym and stuff beforehand and got a just mentioned a few people what we were doing and they ended up going and um like they really love it like it's it's not it's not like anything they've seen so i think once you can get the people in there they'll keep coming back and and you've such a a great kind of a family atmosphere here with the um tailgating and the picnics it's it's something that we don't do at home and maybe in ireland they could take a, a leaf out <laughs> of your book in that way but um you know i think it's just about getting the people in the doors the first time and they will come back yeah know? and uh how did you end up coming to america i know again you sort of came over for a, a handful of rides early on the first year and now it's it's sort of built into something you do every year yeah so initially actually ross garrett he was out here and um i he's a good old friend of mine and um i, I had been in regular contact with him and um he'd mentioned that tom voss was looking for a rider for saratoga and i was nah i says no i'm i'm okay i'm galway's coming up you know seven day festival and and I go to Saratoga for one or two rides a week, you know, and um, so lo and behold, the phone came anyway, and it was Tom Voss on the phone, and uh, he was kind of funny but blunt, and I was thinking, <laughs> is, is this a prank call? And um, so he he called me, and he, I think he might have passed the the phone to Mimi then, and said, here, talk to him. So um, we spoke for a bit, and I I ended up coming out to Parks, uh, Philadelphia Parks. I kind of have a look more than anything, and for probably him to have a look at me and um rode a few horses for him um over those couple of days and uh i came out back out then to saratoga but i agreed that it only come for the first uh, i think it was two and a half weeks or three weeks maybe so i could fit in galway and uh i did enjoy it um rode a, a stakes winner for uh mr shepherd so that, that was worthwhile and uh, all of mr voss's horses ran well um and uh yeah so it started from there then you know so was it something you wanted to do or just sort of developed i mean it, it just developed but when i you know again it goes back to we we don't see the racing in america at home um you might see saratoga might be broadcast um on a, at the races the odd time the jump races but because there was no live streaming or anything like that you just don't know and you go to click on there was no links on the website so we just we just don't know of it in ireland you know you check horses form and it doesn't read true unless it's on the racetrack the hunts meets aren't covered it's as if it didn't happen so when i arrived and i thought well this 
10 runner fields and we're going around here for 75,000 and 150,000 and 65,000. This is a lot easier than going around Fairy House with 24 runner fields for 12,000. Uh, like, I'm no mathematician, but uh, this could work all right, you know. <laughs> so um, that was kind of what initially grabbed me. Um, I had a bit of trouble getting back in then for Far Hills for Tom Voss again with, with um, a visa problem. So um, I was back in Ireland riding away and um, the job came up in Jack Fisher's. So I, I took that and the rest is history. You know? Yeah, so. well, it's worked out. It's worked out well, yeah. And you still get a chance to go home and ride in the winter? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I go home in the winters. Um, and look, last winter I went home and I... With, carrying in a few little niggly injuries home and um just to take it easy keep fit keep up my contacts and try and buy a few horses to, to bring over here and um yeah it works out well like i i rode for a little bit i took a week off and my girlfriend Ginny came home and we we chilled out for a while and then went back it and rode again at christmas and um done quite well at a, a double on the 26th of december and um, in my efforts to ride nice horses and horses I'd schooled went out on the 27th of December and got a fall at the first hurdle and I got a kick in the head and another horse kind of landed on me so I, I had a few few nights in hospital and um, yeah I was still down until I think the 24th of December or January sorry of 2017 I couldn't pass the the concussion test for balance so um, yeah so uh <laughs> It kind of went to plan and it kind of didn't, didn't but, yeah, but well. it keeps you fit and keeps your uh, keeps your eye in the game and see. That's, see some that's the description of this job. I think it goes to plan sometimes. It doesn't go to plan other times. Exactly. You know? it's just yeah. probably would have been better off going home and just writing everything, and uh, <laughs> probably would have came would have been fine, you know. <laughs> Uh, and we mentioned Scorpiancer, uh, s some other horses you've ridden so far this year that you're happy with, or some races you go back and go, you know, that, that worked out or that looks like a nice young horse. I know. Moscato certainly looked good at Nashville. Yeah, I know he he was real good. Um, he had some good form in England, um, but he was running over two mile flat races. Uh, he, he ran in the, the the better handicaps and uh, won a few and came to us. Uh, and um, he's only improved since he came. Also, um, he did, he had a sharp run around Charleston again, a track that wouldn't suit him over a distance that wasn't ideal and went very close, improved from that to uh, the Queen's Cup. Um, and uh, I think he learned a lot from the Queen's Cup. You know, I, I got stuck into him down to the last and he was a bit long. I kept sending him because, you know, you have to make a man of these sometimes. And um, he really improved from it and he, he went down to Nashville and uh, done it real well, you know. So he's in good form at home and hopefully we'll see a bit more of him. You know? Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. And I see you. Uh, I see you taking some timber mounts. Did you do know anything about timber racing before you came to America? I didn't. I did not. Uh, but my um, thankfully the show jumping background might have helped, unknown to myself. But um, look, some of the timber horses are magic. Um, the likes of you know uh, Straight to It and Lemony Bay and Two's Company. They're all very good to jump. Um, um, so like it's 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 a pleasure to ride them. You know. Um, they, again, they have their little little ways you have to ride them but i've had a lot of success in them so it's it's something i enjoy you know so, mm -hmm. yeah. and i get a lot of questions from fans in general about and for you it probably doesn't happen that much but when a jump jockey gets or any jockey gets on a horse for the first time is it a you know is it a disadvantage like you never rode them in the morning but you're riding them in a race do you do you think about that or does it help to know them or does it not help to know them uh some horses it helps to know them um 
Yeah, it definitely helps to know some horses. And I, like I'd always insist, I, I freelance at home quite a bit. So I go into Willie Mullins a few mornings, but I'd always, um, maybe a yard I was riding for call up a day a week and, and school some of the horses. And you'll just know if this lad doesn't like being in front or, you know, little, little things like that. Or um, this guy's slow or this guy stands off his fences too much. Or, But um, look, you, you'll often get on a horse just in the parade ring and go out that you've never sat on but if you do your homework and look at his form and some of the other riders might have ridden him they might give you a tip here or there and, and cantering to the start um, you'll generally get a good feel off them you know if a guy goes down and he's spooking in front or he, he jumps off and grabs a bit and tries to run off with you you're thinking well I'll, I'll sit him in a little bit you know and little things like that I, I guess it comes with experience but um, yeah definitely I'm sure uh, yeah the the you in your first year might not have been able to pick up as much as you pick up now I'm sure yeah yeah like it's it's I suppose they, they all fit into a category somewhere you know so we just <laughs> ride them as you find them you know yeah I get that a lot though I just get the people are amazed they, they must think that uh, I think they think the jockeys are with the horses 24 hours a day and then they go ride them in a race and I'm like well, it's not quite like that you know but uh, not, not far off it in Fishers we're there quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> well yeah what's that like so uh, a typical morning at Jack Fisher's uh, riding out um, I start at 6 30 um, my might get earlier when the weather gets a bit hotter um but start at 6 30 go in turn the horse out in the paddocks um and the sets are quite fun you know um they'll have a routine around the farm or they might go a little bit off country there to freshen them up um you generally write out five sets sometimes six the very odd time seven um and then whatever has to be done you know whether it to be water or that it's real team effort it's like being a, an apprentice again but I, I don't mind it you know I never minded a bit of hard work and um, it's, it's good to see all the horses there and keep an eye on what's eating what you, you don't have to tell anyone but it's nice to know what's in good form if you have to try and pick one come the Saturday racing you know you, if, if one guy's leaving his feed and the other guy's eating up you, you kind of might tweak your memory a little bit on the Saturday you know yeah you have to do that a lot I would imagine or at least somewhat regularly where Jack's got two horses in a race um well I I do it a lot but I don't get my way a lot um Jack's very good at keeping his owners happy um and generally he'll put if I ride a horse at a certain stage of his career maybe early in his career he'll kind of keep me on that horse um as, as I probably know him and um even if I want to maybe lean and get on a, the next new maiden that comes along or something. And um, yeah, so I get, I get the choice the odd time, but um, generally that's the way he works it. And mm -hmm. it's, it's here. He's, he's, it's been working well for him over the years. So yeah. You know, oh, and, so. and in a lot of, a lot of ways, it's probably easier to leave it in somebody's hands anyway, because you could mull over the decision forever and still pick the wrong one. Yeah. But it, it's very hard when you're sitting on the, the horse that comes second to, to the winner, which you which you would have liked to have ridden. But that's just uh, sport mentality, I guess. Yeah, and, definitely. No, yeah. yeah, that's that's competitive. That's what it's going to be. Swings and roundabouts. You know? yeah. yeah. And uh, I know the guys in the you're competing against other jockeys in the in the room or the tent in America. Um, but it seems like a pretty tight group. Everybody's in it together. I mean, it, 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 is that the way it is? And, you know, obviously in a race, it is a race, but it seems like everybody's on the same page and all all in the game at the same time. It is, yeah. There's a lot of camaraderie in the in the way room um, or the jockey's room. Um, I, I guess it's because it's, it's a dangerous sport. Um, and, like, it, look, there's no point in coming in and being bitter to each other. You, you have plenty of time for that out on the racetrack. But, um, like, here, if, if you 
there's a lot of good friends there and if, if you're not going well in a race you're, you're dropping out you're gonna give a lad a little bit of light here and there because you might need it in the next race but if you're at the business end of things and it's race riding there's you uh you give no inch you know or mm-hmm. that's the way you should be um you know that's race riding you know so um, keep it in the rules and keep it tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And everybody's everybody's pretty much on the same page, so yeah. I, I, you get it. What well, uh, what do you do when you're not riding horses or going to the races? Um, I haven't been doing much the last couple of weeks. A bit of a, a knock on the ribs, but um, generally I, I play soccer a couple of nights a week. Um, keep cycling. Um, I've good interest in aviation, so I like to fly a bit. Really, um, flying an airplane. Yeah, yeah, okay. just 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 micro lights and uh, single engine planes. So it's it was it was probably something I would do if I wasn't riding horses. But I'm get, maybe getting a bit long in the tooth now, and um, don't know would I have the dedication to see it through. But um, yeah, I I, I I it's something that just takes my mind away. I really enjoy it. Um, other people play golf, but um, I pick the more expensive option. And, <laughs> yeah, but uh, things like that. Yeah, you know, I like to to read a bit and do a bit of study on the side, you know, we have to have a career after this too, you know, so. Yeah, and then uh, I got to ask, how old are you? I'm 34 now, yeah. Okay, yeah. Should jump your years is getting up there, I guess. Yeah, in times past maybe, but um, I think it's gone much more professional now and uh, people are a lot fitter and looking after themselves better and their diets, so, um, you know, that there's plenty of lads in Ireland now are kicking on close to 40 or past it and, we Ross Garrett, he might be up around that number now. But um, <laughs> we're gonna put him there no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's if you can keep your body fit and hard, and I do plenty of stretching and a bit of yoga here and there, and things like that are um, they're definitely beneficial. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you touched on it briefly. I mean, it is it it's there's a certain amount of danger to it, and we're coming off a week where Patty Young got hurt pretty pretty badly and uh that's got a way on everybody a little bit i mean it, the news sounds good that uh you hear talk of a complete recovery and things like that but it's a pretty serious head injury and you can't do this and not think about it yeah it's it is pretty serious um hopefully he, he he's a he's a tough old bugger patty hopefully he'll um brush it aside and and, and pull through uh healthy i'm sure he will um look it, it's not nice when it happens um do I think it's going to happen? No, never. Um, look, I, 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 I don't seem to have any fear. I just enjoy it. Um, it do it. Something like that would not weigh on me, and and probably the day it does, I won't ride anymore. Um, I have. You have to have trust in the medical people at the race courses, and once they're up to standard, um. And hopefully they can get to all the standard to the standard that we have in Ireland and England, which is very very high. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm okay with it then. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion, you know, you could walk across the street there or cycle your bike, and you could just end up in a in a worse way as you could uh, riding a horse. Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know. So um, that that's the way I look at it, at life anyway. You know. Mm-hmm. No, you almost have to. I mean, uh, you, you can dwell on anything. It's 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 dangerous driving driving somewhere, you know. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and you know when your your life is only so long, and I guess the two of us could be sitting here when we're seventy, and you know you what you want to do what what you really enjoy. I think uh, it's very important, and um, should Paddy obviously loves what he does, and um, you know I I don't think he'd have it any other way. You know. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, did you growing up in Ireland? Did you have jump jockey heroes? 
Um, I did. I used to watch Ruby Walsh a lot. Um, actually, also uh, Charlie Swan. Um, very stylish, Charlie Swan, tactically a genius. And uh, Ruby, just uh, how much he used to get behind the horse and his hands quite low. Um, obviously, son of Tate and uh, getting the. I've ridden a few winners for Ted since then and um, that's a great honour you know it means you must be doing something right yeah definitely and uh, I'm with you I like watching those guys and and you you see a lot and it's it's a combination obviously there's talent there but the experience those guys have over the over the years and years of doing it is is very evident when Ruby comes over here and rides rides raw neck like he did and rides a couple other horses and it's just fun to see it adds that international connection to it um, for sure yeah, um, like he, he, what people don't realize with Ruby is that the strength of his legs. Um, he's always gripping with his legs, and his his upper body mightn't be moving. Um, and it's something I try to do. You know, you hold the horse together and keep squeezing them down to a hurdle, or be it a timber fence, and you're just trying to get that last inch out of them before you actually have to go for them. It might not look like you're doing much, but um, maybe that's why <clears throat> you'd see a lot of a horse arriving in on the bridle, and you know they're they're probably giving 90 or 95 percent there at that stage before you ever let them down and um yeah it's something i definitely try and take from him anyway yeah and uh summer racing in america now switches to the racetracks and on the saratoga is the big highlight of that uh i know you guys look forward to going to saratoga yeah definitely um it's a nice meet um it's great to be up there uh good prize money um not a lot of racing but um we have plenty of success up there, so looking forward to it. Yeah, and there you're in the room with uh, the best flat jockeys in the world. Do you pick up anything from those guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're they're all quite fun, actually. Very friendly people for um, for um, guys with such success. Um, I really enjoy talking to them. You know, I I uh, my valet is Harry Rice up there, and uh, he is Mike Smith. So Mike's a good guy, and Joe Rocco, and um, uh a few others and um yeah definitely good place yeah. to be no it's neat to see the connection and crossover we usually get in a joke with a few of them about you know if you're tired for leading jackie would you ride a jump race and most of them back off and say no but yeah maybe someday i definitely ride a few of their flat horses yeah someday. i'm sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. for a couple of million yeah no problem yeah <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for stopping in, and um, we'll see you at the races. And uh, again, best of luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Jumping Around is a production of ThisIsHorseRacing.com, a source for original content about thoroughbred racing from the Steeplechase Circuit, Fair Hill, Saratoga, the Mid-Atlantic, and more. This edition was recorded and produced at Howling Wolf Recording Studio in Baltimore, Maryland. Special thanks to Charlie Fenwick, our listeners and guests. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes by searching for This Is Horse Racing.